Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I am so glad that you're here, and I'm glad you guys are here. Emily Lang-Paul, co-host of the podcast. Welcome. Hello, hello. Glad you're here. You. And uh, the Robin to my Batman, the, oh, the, oh, the, uh, the, the, what's the, oh my gosh. I can't wear the outfit though. No, well, yeah, yeah. none of us should be wearing right, those outfits, yeah, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. Pastor Jeremy Johnson, welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're here because the subject matter is right up our alley. But before we get started, we always like to ask a get to know you question. So our question for today is this. If you weren't a pastor or you weren't a minister, Emily, or if I wasn't a pastor, what would we be? What would we do for vocation? Man, do you, do you want to start? Do you want me you to start? start. Let me start. Uh, you're well, the guest. It, for, yeah, you're the guest. Yeah. <laughs> you're so courteous. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. For me lately, uh, and and you guys know this, but maybe not a lot of other people know this, but I have an, uh, just a really uh, uh, just a fascination with physical therapy and how the body works mm-hmm. and how yes, the body functions. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And, you talk about it a lot. I yeah. love it, and I'm so intrigued by it. And so I think I don't. I don't know if I if I have the all the gifts to do that, but I think yep. that's what I would do. I I absolutely love it. And the friends that I have that are into it, I, I bug them endlessly about it because I'm just... Yeah, I, you've got a really good friend yeah. uh, who's who's a physical therapist and a really good one. We've got a lot of great physical yeah, therapists in this them. church. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, so you're intrigued by that. Yeah, I just love it. I think it's interesting. I think God created the body in extraordinary ways and to discover more about that is just really fun. So You learn a lot about the human body too because you run distance, right? You've yep. How many marathons have you run? I've done 11 full marathons. Oh my That's goodness. Yeah, I don't even think I could ride my bike bike for 11 marathons that is yeah that's outstanding you know everybody has something and for me it's my it's my gardening or it's my knitting or whatever mm-hmm. it is what passion and so it's finding something that you can just get lost in and i've heard that mm-hmm. the people who really really enjoy running distance yep. running that it is joy for them oh right? it's, it's and blast. peace yep yep yeah yep my quiet time is very active cool mm-hmm. emily if you weren't doing this what would you do mm-hmm. what would you I, be i think i'd be running some sort of small business yeah I don't know what the business would be. Maybe like a store or something. Uh, uh, but I like that that idea. Emily's shop of... Of everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, variety shop. I see. Okay. Sure. And it would be run extraordinarily well. I would hope oh, so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of vacant spots in malls today yeah. all over America. You could probably could do that Do that in all your free time. Yes. Yeah, yeah right? Don't Which leave. you have zero of. Yes. Don't leave us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, yeah. I take it all back. You'd be terrible at yeah. that. <laughs> you, you should definitely yeah. keep your day job. Mm-hmm. You're well, very... what else would you do? Um. You know, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of step out there and say this, if I could do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I was a kid, I listened to baseball games on the radio all the time. And if I could do it, and I love baseball, I, I'm not great at it, I'm better at other sports, but I just love the way a, a baseball game sounds as it's announced. That's weird, I know, but it's me. And so I would be a play-by-play Major League Baseball announcer. Oh, man, if if I could do anything yeah. else, um, I'd rather be a pastor uh, of this oh, yeah. particular yeah. church. I truly, honestly would. Yeah. Uh, but that would be a that would be second. Uh, I just think it'd be fun to to, to do that. Although that might get old after a while because you're always on the road and yeah. you know, away from home and. I'm not so good at that. I grew up on baseball on the radio, and I just I think that there is something yeah. just just sweet to it. You're so. a Twins fan, yep. So it was Herb Carneal, right? Yeah. Or, or, 
he was the only voice that I heard as much as my own father's voice. Was we listened to Twins games <laughs> all the time, and yeah. I, I joke about that. I get it. But yeah, but my my brother, my sister, and I were brought up by, by the the voice of Herb Carneal. We yeah. listened to games all the time. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, let's get into it. It's time for our two minute drill. Two minute drill. So let's let's talk mission. Mission's a huge part of this church's life. And uh, we, we want to get into it today and talk about it from all sorts of different angles. So two-minute questions, and we'll do our best. Emily's yes. got them. She's, she's yes, ready. I you can do. see it in your eyes. She's I hope ready you're ready. Oh, boy. First one, should the church's primary mission be to grow deeper or wider? I, you know, I think that that's a question that gets asked all the time, and it's a question that doesn't just get asked at, at other churches. Uh, it gets asked uh, just in, when people talk about faith in general. What does it mean, deeper or wider? What, how would you, in case somebody doesn't know? Yeah, so so deep, deep means we, we need to just dive deep into our knowledge and into into knowing more about the Bible and knowing more about the the, the facts in there and and discipleship and patterns mm-hmm. of faith and all of that stuff. And wide means we need to uh, to reach out to people. Who, who don't know Jesus and people who haven't heard the message. And I think that, to, to me, there's, a, there's kind of a false dichotomy in that. You can't go deep without going wide. The, the widest Christians are those who, 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 you know, who, who love the most, but you can't go wide without, without having some depth to you as well. And one necessarily leads to the other, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, Jeremy. Ditto to all that. that there is that false dichotomy, right? That people say, well, we're a discipleship church and we're all about growing people uh, in their knowledge of scripture or their prayer life or their worship life or their spiritual disciplines. And we're going to make it all about that. Other people say, well, we're we're more just trying to, um, you know, bring the gospel to the masses and convert as many people as we can and, and, and grow a church. Uh, and I think that it's not grow a church as much as it's grow a kingdom would be a better way to see that. God's kingdom, not ours. And that's mm-hmm. a really important factor. But I think it's really important to to see one thing leading to another. I think discipleship, if it's truly discipleship, is always going to lead to evangelism or is it, it isn't discipleship. And I think evangelism is always going to push back toward uh, dis, uh, discipleship. That we, you know, the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. It isn't just go and make church members. It isn't just go and, and, and get people to come to church. Mm-hmm. It is make disciples out of them. So if you're doing evangelism faithfully, biblically, uh, according to Jesus' command, it's going to lead to discipleship. If you're doing discipleship faithfully, it's always going to lead to sharing that good news with other people. And one leads to another. And I, so I think it's both. Yeah. I don't think it's either or. I hear you say both and a lot. It's both. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of... I have a... I have this pet peeve that I think a lot of uh, Christians, and particularly preachers and teachers and bloggers and authors, are really uh, given to the temptation, I'll put it that way, of suggesting like, okay, it's not this, it's that. Mm -hmm. It's not evangelism, it's discipleship. Or it's not discipleship, it's evangelism. Or they'll say, you know, it's it's not about the way we always sing hymns. It's it's the way we uh, worship the Lord in our daily lives. It's it's not what we do on Sunday mornings. It's what we do the rest of the week. I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think what we do on Sunday mornings counts, and and I think evangelism and discipleship both count. Uh, and I think what we do in our daily lives counts. And I get a little nervous when I hear. Christian teachers uh, and influencers 
be so dismissive of things that are biblical. Mm. It's not because it's my opinion, like, you know, worship on Sunday morning counts or evangelism counts or discipleship counts. It's because it's it's biblical. It's 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 scripture. So I think it'd be better instead of just moving our focus from it used to be this and now it's that to widening our focus mm-hmm. and encompassing all those mm-hmm. things. We make the wrong target. The target yeah. is Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus seemed to be very, very passionate about the people who are lost and also passionate that people would grow in their knowledge of, of who he is and his character. Passion's a good word because I heard somebody define passion once as that thing that you'll talk about when you're falling asleep at night and you're completely worn out and then that subject comes up, it's a passion and all of a sudden you're wide awake and yeah. you want to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I'm pretty sure I heard the bell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the two-minute drill about a minute and a half ago. Uh, so that's okay. It was sorry. good. It was good. It's a passion. Number two, why are Christians so shy about telling others about Jesus? Oh, wow. Um I'll go first on this one, and yep, I want to hear. Yep, yep. I want to hear what you have to add to this, Jeremy. I think we live in a culture that says there are certain topics of conversation that are off limits, mm. and if faith and religion and spiritual things isn't number one, it's number two. Right? Politics would be up there as well, and they the the cultural consensus is in polite company you don't bring these things up. So you can talk about the weather, you can talk about sports, you can talk about um, trivial things, you can talk about hobbies, um, you can talk about family and kids and grandkids and all that kind of stuff, but we're not going to talk about uh, faith, which is fascinating to me because I think we have a misunderstanding of what, what it is that we're called to share. It's good news. I mean, gospel literally means good news. And But we talk about it like, oh, well, if I do this, I'm going to get labeled. If I do this, mm-hmm. I'm going to get uh, criticized. If I do this, it's going to be awkward. But I think it's awkward because we're just not used to it. We're so out of the habit. What do and you I, think? Well, and I think sometimes we think that to talk about Jesus, we're telling people what they should do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when we talk about Jesus, we're more talking about who we are and yeah. who who who's told us who we are. And, and I think about, you, you use the word good news, and I think that that's s- such a, a really good way to put it. Because you think about the good news that you've heard. I, I remember when uh, my wife Bridget found out that she was pregnant with our, our son Trey, and uh, I, I, I wore out my cell phone battery like three times in a row, <laughs> and I was, telling, I was calling people I hadn't talked to for years. You can't and keep just, that yeah, to yourself. Yeah, just like, mm-hmm. my goodness, this, this is changing my life. The yeah. fact that mm-hmm. this, this person is coming into the world and so rather than saying to talk about Jesus tells we have to tell people what they should do, we get to say, man, there's this God who gets to tell me who I, who I am in a very practical way, not in a, a theological way, but a very practical, mm-hmm. like, here's who, what my life was like. I met Jesus, and, and things started to change in a very good way. It's not a buzzkill. Yeah. It's a life giver. Good yeah. news is supposed to travel fast, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. let it travel. Let it go. Share it. It is, it is the best news yep. that, that we'll ever hear. And so to be shy about that, uh, I think, is just misunderstanding the definition of what we have to share. Yeah. Uh, it, prayer is kind of like this, too. A lot of times people are shy. I think part of it is, too, is like, I'm afraid I'll do it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to share, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. But I think prayer is like that, too. People say, well, I don't, I'm afraid to pray because I'm, I'm shy to pray because I'm afraid I'll do it the wrong way. 
and then it'll be disqualified or worse. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll yeah. offend God or something, yeah. but that's not the case, and that's probably another topic for another podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just discovered one, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The next week. Yeah, well, here's another one. Is everyone going to heaven? If not, why does God send people to hell? Oh, it just got real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What was Jeremy's last day on staff like? No, um, I, I think, you know, I, I think sometimes the way we speak about this and the way we come across this, and I, I believe a lot of people who are listening to this right now, they have been taught an understanding that there's a God who desperately doesn't want us to be in an eternal relationship yeah. with him. So mm-hmm. we start with the boundary saying more people are going to be out than are going to be in. Now, that it, there, there's an importance to know that God has an intention and a plan for our lives and wants to be in relationship with us. And so to say that God wants people to be in heaven doesn't mean that there isn't some other alternative there for us. But because of God's grace, because of who God is, because of how incredible his love is. And sometimes people hear that God isn't very loving, but because of his love, God did everything that God could do so that we would spend eternity with him. And so we start with that paradigm Mm -hmm. and realize that God kind of God kind of makes it hard for us to not be in an eternal relationship. I mean, we kind of have to work harder to get into hell than we would to get into heaven. Yeah. I I think it's backwards again to, you know, Jesus is very much like the lifeboat on the Titanic. And to twist that around and to turn that into suddenly um, the lifeboat is sending people to hell uh, the Savior is the one who's doing this, that, that God who is good and has this free gift of salvation for everybody, that somehow we can blame the giver of this incredible salvation yeah. and gift as, as doing this. God has made this gift freely available to all people. Uh, the uniqueness of Christ is his universality, right? That, that he is God's gift to everybody. And we have this good news to share. Uh, if, if there is... Uh, my dad always used to say this, and I thought this was really important. He said, if God has some plan, some hidden plan, Luther talked about the hiddenness of God, right? Some unrevealed plan, because scriptures reveal God's will, right? But if there's some other plan that hasn't been revealed that God has a hiddenness of, in the hiddenness of God to save other people or everybody, my dad would say, it's no skin off my teeth. That's yeah. really, that's really yeah, good, that's news. good news. Yeah. I'm for that. You know, I'm, I don't want to have a party because I'm in and you're out. That doesn't reflect the mm-hmm. heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so God is a God who scriptures say it is God's will that everyone would be saved. Yeah. And he, wants, he makes that opportunity available to everyone through Jesus Christ. And so we have that good news to share. I, I think we... We kind of feel sometimes that it's been said that God is more like I gotcha, mm-hmm. you know, like you want, He's looking mm-hmm. to get us. But I think about it um, as as a parent who loves a child, and there's nothing more than I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to get my kids, you know, yeah. like I, I got you, like I I, I got you, not I, I got you. And I think that that lens allows us to experience God's grace in a different way. Yeah, yeah. that's that was a lot of theology for two minutes. Yeah. Nice work. Well, <laughs> I, I just wondered if it was a little heavy. Yeah, right, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Save us. Yeah. Well, here's the next one. How can I share my faith most effectively with someone who doesn't believe? Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, I think one of the things I say a lot of times, and I'm not saying I say it because I'm right, but I, one of the helpful things that I keep in my mind is if somebody opens up the door an inch, uh, I'm going to go in an inch, and I'm going to... 
I'm going to really respect that relationship I have with that person who's really hesitant about it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes uh, we can have this uh, real sense of a false urgency that if we don't do it, then nobody else is going to do it. And we realize that we have a God who did it. And so our opportunity is to build a relationship with them. And in that relationship, begin to share with them what what our story is. And it's not making it complicated and it's not using high highly theological words. It's just saying, man, uh, there's a God who got a hold of me. And I think around here at Lutheran Church of Hope, at Lutheran Church of Hope, people share their hope story all the time. Mm-hmm. And their hope story is just saying, this is what happened. Yeah. And that's sharing your faith in a very mm-hmm. real, real, like on the ground kind of way. Yeah. Scripture clearly says, be ready to to share your story, like you were just talking about, to give your testimony. Uh, I think we should. I think Christians should. I think it's often too big of a cop-out to say, well, I I share my faith by my actions. I'm not going to use words. I th- again, I think it's both and. It's, it's not either or. Uh, when you are given an inch, take an inch. When, when you when somebody leaves a door open, um, you know, look in and, and, and go for that opportunity. But I also think it's important to take a long view. Yep. And I think you are getting to that, Jeremy. Uh, that we don't, we don't need to rush. We need to trust the Holy Spirit in this. Mm-hmm. I've converted a grand total of zero people in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's the work of the Holy Spirit who does conversion, and nobody's ever converted anyway. That's the work of God. But I am a farmer in the field. I'm a, I'm a planter of seeds. We we are all called to be in one way or another. And so I don't, I don't think it's helpful for us to think of it as we're selling a whole life insurance policy here and we need to get them to sign today. We need to close a deal. Mm. That kind of pressure I find to be counterproductive to evangelism, to effective evangelism, uh, that we're, yes, if the door is open, walk through it for sure. But don't kick the door down in order to do it and push people away from the gospel. Trust the Holy Spirit. Um, be actively engaged in it and look for those opportunities to share your faith. And I would just add one more quick thing. I know the bell just rang, but I, I want to say this. Come and see. That's how yeah. Jesus did yep. evangelism. That's how he shared the good news. Mm-hmm. He didn't He didn't like do a whole tour of Old Testament scripture and, and, and put it all together for people. And, and he didn't do a seven-step process to seal the deal mm-hmm. for you. And he didn't pray a sinner's prayer with people. Um, all those things have their place and they're fine. But all Jesus Jesus regularly said, his most effective approach to sharing the good news was come and see. Yep. Mm. Just come to church with me. Come to my small group with me. Come to women's group or men's group or youth group or, or whatever it is. Just invite people who aren't in a relationship with God to come and hang out in places where they'll hear about it. Mm-hmm. It is the most effective. We have a... We have an advertising budget in this church of zero because it's word of mouth. We want people to invite their friends to come and see because not just because we're cheap. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's part of it. Yeah, you know, we want to be we want to be faithful with people's offering dollars, but because it's the most effective way to do it. If I have a friend inviting me to do something, I'm more likely to go than if it's just some random mailing I got somewhere that says, mm-hmm. "Hey, come to this thing." 
Um, and I was like, oh, well, who's going to be there? I don't know. And what's it going to be like? And it's going to be awkward. But if a friend invites me, I'm like, well, I'm with my friend. Um, yeah. I can do it. It's safe. I'll, yeah. I'll go. So invite people to come and see. Yep. It strikes me that it's not a defense case. It's an invitation. Oh, oh that's a really great way of putting it. Mic drop yeah, moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's it, Jesus. Emily. That's what you said. That's what your store is going to be, is selling <laughs> statements like that. <laughs> Goodness. On a plaque. Put, yeah. Put, yeah. Put, yeah. 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 Frame it. Put, put it right up there. Statements by Emily. Say that again. Yeah. It's not a defense case. It's an invitation. Yeah, and your husband's an attorney, so yeah. you know about this, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. W- we don't have to defend. We're just mm-hmm. inviting. In- invitations are so powerful. Yeah, especially and fun and fun. Yeah, right. You're inviting people mm-hmm. to a really good party. Yeah. yeah, good. Next one. What's love got to do with it? Mm. Come on, Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Tina Turner who sings that? It is Tina. It's Turner a secondhand who sings that. emotion. Yep, da 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 da. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe maybe our guys could go ahead and cue that softly underneath. Yeah, just for right. A second. Yeah, yeah that's... I might dance, and that might ruin the, the podcast. <laughs> so, I, love yeah, is. At I, the, I've seen that. Yeah, it's right. Not, yeah, it's bad. It's um, not good. Yeah. Love's at the center of everything. Yeah. I mean, the 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 whole way that transformation happened happens is through it's it's through god's love first yep and so if it doesn't start with god's love what hope do we have because then we treat people like a project rather than a a, a person who who god desperately loves and i think Mm -hmm. my goodness uh and it's not artificial love it's not love that is is put you know i always talk about when i i meet people who who smile from the eyes down uh, where they they're smiling, but you can see behind their eyes that there's no there's nothing real about it. Paul says, "Don't just pretend to love others. Wow, yeah. R- really love them, genuinely love them, and love them for for who they are, and meet them where they are." And I, one of the things that I found in my life is the people who have had the greatest influence in my life are the people who love me the most, and in that I trust them the most. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that that's one of the things that I've loved about a about being around this place is, is people will talk about, I just feel loved there. And yeah. it's in that love that you, you have the opportunity to, to share with one another and, and talk about real life stuff. Getting back to, to what Emily said on that note, it, an invitation is a loving thing to do, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. you care about somebody, you're a genuine friend to somebody, and you love that person as a sister or brother in Christ. You want that person to find peace and joy mm-hmm. and, and new life. And you want transformation to happen for them. And you mm-hmm. want them to find uh, a way to handle their hurts and their, and their hangups and, and their bad habits. So love has everything to do with it. And sometimes I think Christians forget uh, that love is the greatest commandment and that ultimately we're going to lead a lot more people to Christ uh, through love than we are through winning arguments. Yep. I, I, I rarely see anybody say, well, you know, especially former atheists and agnostics, which as God would have it, we have a ton of them around here. Mm-hmm. They used to not believe or they used to be, not be sure if there was a God and now they believe. They're fully devoted followers. And I've yet to hear any of those folks who've gone from atheism to Christianity say, uh, I lost an argument and that's why. That's why I've become a Christian. Somebody, somebody beat me in a debate. Yep. Um, there's not a lot of love in that debate, yep. right? There's not a lot of love in that fight, in that argument. But there's a lot of love in an invitation, and there's a lot of love in somebody who cares enough to take the time to come along as, alongside of somebody um, who's missing that relationship with, 
with God. I, I think in this, I'll, I'll keep this really short, I promise, I'll try to. Uh, in John's Gospel, John 2, we, it, when we meet uh, Peter for the first time, Peter had a brother, his brother's name was Andrew, and Andrew had been hanging out and, and has this encounter with Jesus. So Andrew goes home uh, and he sees Peter yeah. and he says, you have to come with me. Yeah. I, just, I just met him. The That's one, love. The one we've been waiting mm-hmm. for, you have to come. And I'm sure Peter's looking at his brother saying, come on, brother. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. come on, you're my brother. You annoy me. Don't, don't bug me. And, and Andrew said, no, promise me. Promise me that you'll come because he loved his brother so much. And so I wonder, so Peter is the one that Jesus says, you're the rock on which I'm going to build my church. Think about what Peter would have missed out on mm-hmm. if his brother hadn't loved them that way. What mm-hmm. if we did that? What if we said to people, man, I love you so much. You have to, you have to, not because you're a project for me, but man, just come, just check it out. It's love. I want you to taste and see the Lord yeah. is good, right? It's, it's incredible. It's, I'm from Chicago. I grew up there. And so when people from Des Moines uh, in this church family, they say, oh, we're going to Chicago. It'll be our first time. Where should we eat? You know, where where do you get the best deep dish yeah. pizza? And the answer is Gino's East. And now now there's going to be controversy on that. There's a lot of good deep dish yeah. pizza in in Chicago, but Gino's East is superior. It, it's the best. That's Gino's East, the new sponsor of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're not, no, and no. we don't have any sponsors. Yeah. But uh, if we did, I'd ask them. Yeah, because their food is heavenly. I tell my friends here about Gino's East because I want them to taste that. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to enjoy that. And, 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 you know, not everybody agrees with me, but people who are, uh, who have any good taste do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> people, people when, sometimes when they come back, they're like, man, you weren't kidding. Yeah. That, that Gino's East, that's, that's pizza. Like I've never had pizza before. It's just, it's like eating cake only it's pizza. It's just this incredible thing. Even more so. Inviting people to come and meet a savior who's going to completely transform their lives. We're not talking about pizza anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about a whole new life uh, from start to finish yeah. and, and that has no end. That's, that's love. That's, I think that's the most effective way to do evangelism. And that's, that should be the motivation for yep. us yep. To, to get the word out. So let's take a deeper dive. Uh, into that. Thanks, Emily, for the two-minute drill, mm-hmm. which we... Two <laughs> preachers, we turned it into a four-and-a-half-minute yeah. drill. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Throw the flag on But we'll one. shorten yeah. up yeah. the deeper dive then, uh, because I think we've taken a lot of deep dives already. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to ask th- these questions that we've been asking and talk about mission and you know the possibilities of mission. Uh, on the other side of that, some people will, will say, hmm, for me, it's not that I really have a hang-up with God. Actually, a lot of people in our culture are saying this these days. I don't have a big hang-up with God or spirituality or, or even faith. I believe on some level or another. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any interest in church. I, I don't think the way to find God is through church. Uh, I don't, that's what culture so often says these days. And uh, I would say that there are reasons for that. Uh, what do you see, Jeremy? What What do you feel like those are? And I'd like to hear from you too on that, Emily. What What do you hear the culture say? And is church irrelevant? Is has the ship sailed? Is this not the best way anymore? Uh, is church not the best way anymore to to bring God to the world and make those connections? Um, what would you What would you say about those things? Let's take the deeper dive. For me. It- to begin with, when people say, I, I just don't do church, my, my initial response usually is, what was their name? 
Because usually our distaste, the sour taste we have in our mouth towards the church is because maybe we've been hurt by that. Uh, and I what think, was the name of the person yeah, who hurt you, who hurt right? You, yeah, that has, has, has left that imprint wow. on, on who you are. So true. And, and, I, and so to, to, the, to the next step of, so then what, it, what, what is the importance of the church is uh, it's, it's the place where you go find uh, community and it's a place where you go and you gather together and it's a place where you, you come and you, you, you be with one another to then go carry out to the mission to the people who don't know. And I think that's, that, that grounds everything that we do. We, we want people to come together, one, to hear the gospel, but two, then to, to, be, to be family with one another. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're family here. And, and I think, yeah, there are times where people can walk in and say, this place seems huge. But when you spend some time around here, you, you, you start to realize that this family that's around me, they're with me through my greatest joys. They're with me through my greatest sorrows. They're with me in the most difficult times I have in my life. They're in, in all of those places. And I believe that the church is, we, we, we talk about it, it's, it's the hope of the world because it carries the body of Christ. And in that, it, there's a mission that we have. And it's, you, you could do it on your own, um, but there's somebody here who needs you and somebody here who, who needs you to show up and you need to be here and you need to show up. And, and so we do this whole life thing with one another. And, and it's not just that we do life together. It's then we come and we hear God's word proclaimed mm-hmm. and that something happens in that. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. I don't, it's not about making our, our doors or our building more crowded. It's about making heaven more crowded. And I think yeah. uh, it's, it's not good to, to do all that alone, to do all of life alone. And uh, it's healthy to come together and to experience God together. We're made to worship. Um, I, when I need a reminder myself in the busyness of life, I also remind myself it's not what I'm here to get things out of. I'm not just here to consume. I'm here to worship and to give something back to God and to share my gifts with one another. And we're, we're better in that together. Uh, and that's what I want for my kids too. Yeah. I want that to be my reflex is I'm going to turn to the church because they're going to point me back to God. You just said something really important there about you want that for your kids too. Mm-hmm. I know your heart as a mom. Mm-hmm. I, I know that your husband Chris feels the same way. You guys are committed to that. You're you're in the habits of bringing your kids to the services of God's house, mm-hmm. which are part of our baptismal vows, right? Mm-hmm. That we make when our kids are baptized. Uh, that the if if we're going to talk about evangelism and mission, I think a big part of that is parenting too. Mm. Is uh, sharing our faith with our kids. I'm, there are a lot of. I want to talk about this in two ways as we kind of land this plane here today in this podcast, this episode. One is uh, the responsibility parents have to to do everything they possibly can to set their kids up. We love our kids, right? I mean, we absolutely love our kids, and if we really love our kids like we do, then let's not miss out on giving them the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. I can teach my kids how to throw a ball. I can teach my kids right from wrong. I can teach them values and virtues, and I can teach them manners, and I can teach them all these... I mean, make your list of most important things you want to pass on to your kids. 
And then let's talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ mm. and tell me where does that go on the list? Mm. Because of all those things, which is going to last the yeah. longest? What, what's yeah. the thing that's really going to bless my kids the most is going to be to point them to the services of God's house. So I think it's so important to make that a priority at home. The second part of that is uh, there are a lot of parents out there who feel guilty and they mm. feel shame. And I want to speak to that. I want you guys to help me with that. What do we say to those parents who say, I, I, I tried and I didn't do it, so I must have failed, right? There, there must be something wrong with me. I, I don't believe that's true. And so what, what would you say to that? I would say that, uh, one, uh, continue to pray. It's not over. Yeah, l- mm-hmm. l- life is, there are seasons of life. And I, yeah. and I when you're to, to the first part and to the second part, I, I remember, um, and I don't, I don't know if I've shared this story before, but I was about 23, 22, 23 years old, and I was just going through a really difficult time. Just, it was hard, really hard. And I remember I was, I was sitting in my apartment, and I just didn't know what to do. Have you ever had those, those moments mm-hmm. where you're like, man, where, sure. what do I do? Like, what do I do? Like, the answers I have have completely failed me. And I, and I knew that there was a service at the church that I grew up at that, that day. And so I, I, drove, I drove to the church, and it was across town. And I, walk, I remember walking in the south doors, and I can still – there were uh, those electric doors. I remember I can, I can still hear them closing behind me. And I didn't know where else to turn, but there is one place I knew that I could go. And it was that where I didn't, I didn't have anything to bring to the table. I didn't have anything, but it's that whole thing of, man, that, that's what I want. That's what we want our kids to have. Like mm-hmm. when, when, when their answers of life fail them, which we all are, all of our answers will fail us at times. And so, you know, for, for, for those parents who are out there that say, I, I think I failed my, my, my child or, or they've walked away, um, that 24-year-old me uh, had a place to go, and mm-hmm. God started never stopped moving. But that that faith was reignited in my life, and so that guilt and that shame—that's not your—that's not a parent's to own. And mm-hmm. and and to to continue to do the best you can, uh, to continue to model faith in your life. Or if you say, "I never modeled faith," you can start. You can start and do that in a loving way, and I think that that's so important because God doesn't base us on our performance. He bases he, everything's based on His promise, and His promises for us are, are are really good. And so, you know, lean into that reality that God loves your kids more than 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 even you love them. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. yeah. My biggest hope for any kids coming through uh, our our building here, or for my own kids, is that they know that they're loved by God and loved by us. And I can do my part, but I don't have to carry the weight of of the rest. I just need to let God do that. And so I can continue to pray and continue to hope and and do that piece of it. And I have to let go of the rest. It's so it's so important in all of this for churches to be faithful and churches to be humble and Christians to be faithful and humble in this too, so that we can help contribute to an environment where mm-hmm. kids can experience that, that yeah. there is a God who loves them, there's a church that loves them, mm-hmm. and that that church isn't getting lost in the distractions of power games and control and traditionalism and hanging on to things that really aren't biblical uh, or that are, that are uh, secondary at best to the primary mission of the church, which is to uh, share the gospel, to make disciples, to, and to love. 
the great commandment is a huge part of that primary mission. So love has to be a part of that all the way through. I think about it, you know, you talk about how your hopes as a mom for your kids, Emily, and you talk mm-hmm. about your own experience, very powerful and honest, uh, about where would you be without church oh, when you're goodness. 22 or 23, that you wouldn't have this um, oasis, right? This, this place to find water in the desert uh, of life. I think about that in my own life, too. I think about that in the lives of our kids, um, loved ones, friends, family, extended family. When I was a kid, uh my brother was in high school, I was in junior high, and he was getting kind of rebellious. And he uh, woke up one Sunday and said, I'm not going to church. You know, he's kind of feeling it, right? He's <laughs> he, he's full-blown rebellion now, spiritually. And he said, because there's nothing there for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I believe in God, but I don't have to go to church. <laughs> and my dad, uh, who's a pastor, but at the time he was, he was uh, working for the American Lutheran Church, so he would go to church with us on Sunday mornings like a regular dad. It was kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Um, he looks at my brother, and I'll never forget what he said. He looks at me and he said, we do not go to church in this family because it's what we do. We go because it's who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's an identity issue. This is who we are. Uh, so church isn't like this thing that I just go to and do. And like you said, Emily, it's not just some place to come and consume. Mm-hmm. It's our identity. We're the body of Christ. And churches, among other things, gather together for worship. Mm-hmm. And then they meet for prayer at different times and Bible study and fellowship and community building. And then to organize for mission and outreach and, and doing all the things that we do. It's who we are. It's not just what we do. It's not, well, I just go to church. It's what I do. I don't feel like doing it today. That's the wrong approach, and it's it, it's coming from a foundation of the wrong question, which is why should I go? It's more like no, this is who we are. This this is this is how God has wired us up, and when we discover that and find that, not only are we going to show up at church more uh, and be community together and church together, but it is really going to bless us because if if we try to be something we're not. We're never going to have satisfied souls, but mm. if we discover who we are, boom, then then it hits. So we need to wrap up as much as I love this conversation, and it is a passion, so we could talk, you and I and Emily, you mm-hmm. two, we could talk mission, the three of us. All day. Until the yeah. cows start <laughs> yeah. mooing, right? Until they come home and moo. But it's time for the mic drop moment, which mm-hmm. basically is just a way of saying, what did we learn here today? What stands out? For each of you, uh, Emily, do you have a, a yeah. mic drop moment? You know, I I liked what you said about this is who we are. But you also talked about our priorities, and I think in a busy, busy world uh, for my kids, but even for myself, I can do a lot of things to make myself better by working out or eating healthy or learning about my personality and leadership skills. But there's nothing more I want than to work on my relationship with God and to point others to Him, and so that's. That's why I do it. That's the priority yeah. in my life that I want to be. Emily, I'm very, very, very similar to you. When, when, when you were talking, both of you were talking about, you know, the priority for your kids and it's who we are. Um, I, it, it's one of those things that uh, a lot of times when we work here at Hope, a lot of times people say, oh, that's, you know, thank you guys for all you do and all of that stuff. And what I always say to people is, this isn't, this isn't a job. This is, our, this is my family like this mm. church is my family and 
what a what a blessing to be able to to be a part with one another. I, my daughter and her friend, uh, when they first met, they realized that they both went to the same church. And one of them said, "Well, you go to my church," and the other one said, "No, you go to my church." And I thought to myself, <laughs> "Here's awesome. two second graders that are <laughs> saying that no, this is this is my church." Right. And there was such passion about that. And I think, my goodness, I, I need that. This is family, and this is something that uh, nourishes our soul because we meet Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Mic drop moment for me. I, I've got two, one from each of you. Uh, Jeremy, hearing you tell your story about the struggles you had as a young adult and how church was there for you, mm-hmm. I think is just, th- there's even more to that story because look what God is doing through you now. Mm-hmm. For you, but also through you now. Mm-hmm. And if church hadn't been there for you, if those sliding doors hadn't mm-hmm. opened, you know, at, at one point, there's a part of me that wished they wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, but it's who you are, mm-hmm. right? And then Emily, you know, I said it earlier. It's uh, sharing our faith isn't a defense; it's an invitation. Yeah, that was great. Uh, which you said, and I think that that is so powerfully true and so succinctly said. So your mic dropped when you said that, and um, that that definitely hit my heart. So thanks, you guys. I, I wish we had more time, but we don't for today. If, uh, if you like the podcast, hit the like button uh, or leave us a comment and uh, share it with somebody. It would be another good way for, for you to get the word out, um, and it would um, help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We honestly don't want you to do that because we want this podcast to become famous. We want you to do that because we want the Jesus we talk about Mm -hmm. here to be famous. And uh, we're willing to do whatever it takes um, to try to get that word out because we think it has the power to transform the world. So thank you very much for listening and tuning in. And uh, we've got some great podcasts coming up. Can't wait. Uh, A long line of wonderful guests who will be joining Emily Mm -hmm. and me in future podcasts. Pastor Jeremy, thank you uh, for being here with us. It really is fun uh, doing ministry together Mm -hmm. with you. And um, I am so blessed uh, that I get to do that as pastors uh, side by side with you too. So thank you. uh, Thank you. And thanks very much to our uh, wonderful production crew over there, Mm -hmm. the, the new Pew crew. Uh, Chris New and Brendan Pugh, you guys are magical in your ability to Mm -hmm. put all this stuff together. So we'll see you guys real soon. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, And we'll see you at church, uh, hopefully this weekend. We'll be here. God bless. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. (laughs) 